What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher Jones. And today I'm joined by my man. It's been a while. It's been, it's been a, a while. It's been a long while, long while. Funny, I put all my notifications off as soon as I start the show because I'm using my phone now. And as soon as I start up, I get a phone call coming. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for joining me. Joined by my man. It's been a while. Sports Talk Terry, also known as E.T., also known as Everett Terry Jr. What's going on, E.? Hey, man, listen, this is – what a time to be alive, man. We are in full tilt on all sports. All sports is, is in high gear, basketball. Gotta love it. Gotta love what you're seeing. Playing tournament. Yeah, a lot to be excited about. Yeah, you know, the playing tournament, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to catch the 1 o'clock game, and then my son's got a game, so I'll be watching a little bit of that while I'm watching his game. When the tournament was first announced, everyone was kind of like, oh, what is this? It, it was – I've never seen so much negativity surrounded by something that nobody had any idea what it was going to look like. And in the end, mm. when the smoke cleared and it was all said and done, when the horses left the barn, I've been saying that for almost 20 years now, but when it was all said and done, it's just basketball games for more money. That's what it all comes down to. The players yeah. get more money if they win, so they get an incentive to play, and they get a free trip to Vegas. And they play, I think they play one or two extra games at the – Championship team will play like one or two extra games. If it doesn't, that won't count towards anything. But they get an extra couple of dollars, almost a half a million dollars. And for the guys that are on the second, I, I'll give you an example. They got three guys in Golden State, Lester Keones, Jerome Robinson, and Guy Santos. Those are G League players. I covered them when I was uh -huh. with the Warriors. Their average salary, and I'm not going to put their business out there, but their average salary is about 10 about, you know, I'll just say it's about $50,000. Yeah, and below Golden league minimum. State won that game against Sacramento, and it made it to the finals. Those three brothers would have gotten $500,000 apiece. Now, Don't you think they were the biggest cheerleaders on that bench? Yeah, uh -huh. and you know what? Come on, Steph, hit that three. Don't pass it. The <laughs> ball plays open. Oh. I was shocked he missed it. I was I, – I was, it was blown – I was blown away because it was just – it was just a hair off. But yeah, so when you think about that, yeah, for, and people always talk about the top-heavy LeBron, and, and LeBron cares about the 500K. Don't get it twisted. But guys like that are are playing like their hair's on fire to get to this, you know, to, to get oh, to hustling, that. Hustling, diving for loose balls, 94 feet, full-court press, whatever it takes. Coach, I'm here. And, you know, you see a guy like Jimmy Butler who's always hurt this time of year sitting out the game. And I just think about cats that are on the back end of that roster, man, that, or guys that have come through the mud. And not saying Jimmy didn't come from the mud, but guys that are hanging on by an NBA league thread or a guy like Kyle Lowry that's getting every check could be his last. He just, he just hate to say it like that. But it was a great idea. And since you brought it up, let's, let's stay with it. And we're going to talk Tyree Smaxey and, and the season he's having. But before we get there, Sixers fan, I live with my Sixers. I don't die. I don't live and die with them. I only live with them. And I've been hard on Embiid, and I'm gonna continue to be difficult on Embiid. As you should. When I watch the Boston Celtics playing in the second in the tournament round, they advanced. They won their group. When I see the Milwaukee Bucks win their group, the Lakers win their group. Not 100 certain. I think the Nuggets and Suns, but but basically three of your championship contenders, preseason championship contenders, are winning, have won their group. And then I look at my Sixers, and I look at Embiid hurt again, 
This time he's got a little cold. He's, got, he's a bit under the weather. He's not feeling a little nippy outside. It's changing seasons. Some yeah. And uh, injuries, missed games, not playing basketball is contagious. Miss injuries, missing games, not playing football is contagious. If you allow it to permeate through your roster in any sport, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, pickleball, whatever it is, any competitive sport, if you allow your top-tier players to consistently miss out for tenderness in the knees, sinus, sinus infection, soft tissue injuries, it will permeate through your team. Tyrese Maxey missed the game last night for what, Eddie? What was wrong with Tyrese Maxey? Sick. I don't know. Yeah. What's Sick. Sixers lose a close game. Bench players play play out of their mind. They, they keep it close, but they lose a close game. What are your impressions of the Sixers season thus far? Because they started red hot and they've lost a couple games of late. I want to say they've lost. I think they're five hundred in their last six or seven games. They lost three or three or six or something. It's yeah, they're four. They're four and six last ten. Yeah. Yeah. Four and six last ten. What are your impressions of not just how the season started? They started white hot when they got rid of Harden. But now they seem to come back to earth. And in that crash and burn, we see Embiid doing Embiid things. He's missed at least four of the 19 games already. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not the smartest man on the block. But that's almost the season thus far. Mm -hmm. What are your impressions of the sixth season? And specifically what we're seeing from Embiid in the post-Doc River there? So here's my thing. First of all, I think Nick Nurse is doing the absolute best job he can with Agreed. a bunch of UMEs out there. Okay. I mean, Agreed. listen, I love, I love, I love Marcus Morris. I love him. You know, he's a he's a product of the neighborhood I grew up in. You know, he represents Philly Proud, and that's great and wonderful. You know, getting him in the comeback was cool. Bringing back Roco was a cool cover story. I've met him several times, cool guy. But at the end of the day, say what you want. James Harden was a walking double-double who could set guys up all day long. Did he dribble the air out of the basketball? Some possessions, yes. But he also had games where when he got pushed or got motivated, could give you 40 and 50. Now, I pivot that to say this. The Sixers didn't get what all I thought was good value, but considering the circumstances, got the best deal that they probably could have because they got cap relief and they got picks. What those picks will amount to, I don't know. I don't trust Maury to make picks, but that's neither here nor there. To the on-court play, I will say this. They started out white hot because I think they wanted to prove to people that they could play just as good without James Harden. And the surprise in all of this is Tyrese Maxey, who's averaging a smidge under 28 points per game, which is a huge jump from where he was last year. But what that tells you is that the organization saw this in him, and that's why they didn't want to trade him. You know, funny enough, coming into the league, he drew a lot of comparisons to Lou Williams. Lou Williams' best season, he averaged 22. And at that point, he was 29 years old and four years from retirement. Tyrese Maxey is three years into his career, and he's already averaging 28 at the NBA level. Now, to put that in comparison, Donovan Mitchell's averaging about the same points as him, and he's a perennial all-star. So you essentially have a perennial all-star as a guard at your roster. Um, I think what he's doing has been exceptional. I think he knows how to play well off of Embiid. I think they complement each other well. The problem is when those are your two best players, you've got a guy who's always hurt and out for every reason, and you've got a young player who's coming into his own, but we have yet to see what he can do when he's going up against the Boston Celtics of the world or going up against the Milwaukee Bucks of the world. Or, heck, let, let, let's even throw the upstart Orlando Magic, who are 14-5 and five of the world out there. You know, what's he going to do to carry the burden on days where Embiid doesn't have it? 
you know, can he be what James Harden was in game one and two in Boston where he put a 40 ball up in a game winner? You know, these are the things that you have yet to see. And to put that kind of pressure on that young man is unfair because he wasn't drafted to be that. He wasn't a top five pick. He wasn't a guy expected to come in and be that player. Where the Sixers are at 12 and seven is about where I had them. Now, personally speaking, I had their over under at 52 games. I have a very nice dinner waiting for me if, in fact, this doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, I don't think that they get there simply because of the fact Embiid's going to miss too many games. He's got his MVP. He just wants to make the playoffs, which is what I told everybody this year. Last year, he played through every nick and, and cranny he could because he saw that he lost the MVP the year before because he missed too many games and Joker missed none. So that year, he made a point to play. He ain't doing it now. He on the plus side of 30. He already got paid. The Sixers are going to be a playoff team regardless because there aren't 10 teams better than them in the East. That said, it doesn't matter where they come in because they're still going to have to beat Milwaukee or Boston to get through the second round, and they won't, not with this roster. That's my take. Well, a couple of things. I want to do some house cleaning. Embiid has played 16 of the 19 games, so I'll give him I give him credit there. I said he missed yeah. four games. He's only missed three. He missed yeah, he's about 20% missed already, yeah. Uh, with that said, you know, he's 29 years old. You said something that, you know, it, it, it always sets, sets me off, the word fair. Fair doesn't exist, and you've heard me say this before. Fair is a place where you raise pigs and deep fried butter. It's no place in sports. They have no place <laughs> in sports. And so to say it's not fair for Tyrese Maxey, he puts the work in. That's the difference. But before I get to Maxi, my impressions of the season are they started out well. I like this team. I like this team a lot. I don't want to see them make a move for two reasons. You mentioned it. You don't trust Maury's basketball acumen, although he may have been stripped of making decisions. I don't know. I'm just going to say I believe he got, he's gotten stripped of making decisions. The Harden deal, the fact that he couldn't get that deal done and the owner had to get involved again, and people don't know this about the first time to get Harden, they couldn't get that deal done, and Josh Harris and the board of directors, somebody in the board of directors had to step in then to get that deal done. That's the problem they were having with Ben Simmons. And if you remember, you go back to the Sam Hinkie deal, Sam Hinkie, when they fired Sam Hinkie, it was because the league intervened and contacted Mm -hmm. Josh Harris and said, enough's enough's enough. So this, the hard, trading Harden away was the third time Josh Harris had to get involved, that the boss had to get involved for something he's paying you to do. So right. I believe he's been stripped of, of his, his ability to make moves. Elton Brand has a lot more voice in the room from what I believe. So I, with that said, I like this team. I don't want to see them trade Tobias Harris. I like what he brings to the locker room. I like the maturity he has. I like the veteran He's a fit. And well, he's more—he's more of a locker room guy at this point. I mean, Tobias. People don't give Tobias credit. Like I, I'm hearing Pascal Siakam. Why? They're the same. Yeah, player. they're about the same. They're, they're about the there's same. No difference. In fact, Tobias is a better defender when he's on his game, and Embiid's not roasting out, and, and Embiid's in the paint. Tobias is a much better on the ball defender. Yes, Jason Tatum lights him up. Newsflash, people: Jason Tatum is close to being that guy. So it's not it's and lights not, just about everybody up, it's right? Very few that give Tobias work. So I, I like the team. I would like to see them go out and maybe add an Alex Caruso. Outside of that, I don't want to see them make any moves. They have to though, and that's the problem. Tobias' contract is coming up. Then the final year of his deal, you can't go into 
you can't go into the offseason missing that third salary, missing that third player. So they're going to have to make a deal. With that said, you've got them losing in the second round. I thought that Boston, I still believe Boston will implode, give it time. Believe Boston will implode, and the Sixers will find a way to sneak to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> but they, they've got no shot of beating a Milwaukee. And you mentioned the Orlando Magic, and we're going to get into Jordan Poole later on in the show, or later in a, later on in the segment. You know, Orlando is what I thought, what I thought Atlanta would be, or Atlanta could mm-hmm. be. They're what I thought Chicago would be, or what Chicago could be. They're what I thought Cleveland would be, or could be. I'm not surprised when you think of the pedigree of a Jamal Mosley, of what a Pablo uh, Benchero can do. The young team subs, those young cats they got out there running. So I, I have no, I'm not surprised. They got a lot of young talent, a lot that, of blue chip talent. That's something that the Sixers have to consider. And I'm going to transition that into Tyrese Maxey. Your teams, your power teams in the East, you're not going to beat Milwaukee as long as Embiid is on, as long as Embiid is your second scorer. First and second, you're not going to beat Milwaukee. Giannis owns that. Giannis knows how to play him. He always plays him tough. The game gets down to the wire. Giannis always makes the play. They just added a guy who is probably one of the most clutch players in the last decade that people don't know about. And, yeah, some people do. But if you've been a Dame Lillard fan like me, you've watched enough games to know that there's a reason why they do that corny Dame time thing. There is n- I've never seen a player in the final seven minutes of a game be more efficient, more potent, and more fearless. I've never seen. And, yes, he misses shots, but he makes way more than he misses. There's no way oh, you're going no to beat Milwaukee. Firing Terry, so- Terry Stotts in the beginning, let, let the world know Adrian Griffin ain't here to mess around. So if you're not winning a championship, what are we doing? With that said, you mentioned Orlando. There's no other really young team that you can say is up and coming. So, and we go. This feels like Groundhog's Day. We go. We both agree on this. You have to consider moving and be. You have to. Yeah. You have. I, we we we've talked about this three or four times before because the Sixers are not going to get better than what they are with him, and they don't have the pieces hold, hold to right complement right him right in there. a way. Before you even go anyplace else, I want to stay right there with that point because that's a gem right there. They're not going to get better. I'm going to remove there and replace that with Tyrese. He's not – you're not going to see his potential until Embiid is gone because it's not just about the points. It's about the impression he has on the floor. It's about the practice habit. It's about the work ethic. He checks all the boxes. He Why does. allow that to be contaminated by a guy who doesn't check all the boxes? Hmm. Well, the pieces, if you move Embiid and you make Tyrese your guy, you hope at your absolute best, that Tyrese is only as good as the other Tyrese they should have traded for. <laughs> because if he's that good, if he's if he's that good, oh, then the Sixers it. have a superstar for the next decade. Oh, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I tell people he's the best two-way complete point guard in basketball right now. Stop yes, it. he is. I you told you that. I told you that when they should have traded for Halliburton discussion. You will not not debating you, Halliburton. I'm going to come right Halliburton is a baller. That boy, that boy putting up 27 and 25 and 10. He's doing what he want out there. Hitting threes everywhere. He plays both sides of the floor. He's 6'7", and he sets guys up all day long and night. What else do you want from a player that plays both sides? If you want Tyrese to be that guy, you want him to be able – and again, the problem is he's also four inches shorter. 
So you have yeah, to figure. I don't want Tyrese to be a twenty-seven and ten guy. I want him to be. No, you want him to be like a a, a twenty a twenty. If he's twenty-five and eight, twenty-five and nine at the point guard, oh, that's perfect. I'm, I'm gonna give you something you haven't heard yet. I don't want twenty-five and eight. I want thirty-one and four. I Out want of a point guard and five. He's not a point guard. Give all right. You know, let, 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 let's let's journey onto that track. People use this phrase point guard. The traditional NBA point guard has a pulled groin right now or a lower leg injury in Chris Paul. Outside of that, and I may be missing one or two, who is your traditional or, shall we say, quintessential point guard in the NBA? I just gave you one. Tyrese Halliburton. The man's averaging a double-double. Team's 9-8. and Huh? The team's 9-8. and They're 9-8. and That's not because of, That's not because of him. You know what? And that you could say they're not nine and eight because of him, but they're not, let's say, twelve and five because of him either. And what mm. I mean by that is what I mean by that. My favorite players, and and you know this, but uh, somebody else is De'Aaron Fox, and yeah. not coming out of him was he wasn't a traditional point guard, but I likened him, and I'm not saying he's going to be iconic like this guy. So just just follow my message, just follow my point. I like Hall of Fame cornerback. He may not be a power hitter. He may not be the guy, but he's a short tackle. But he's a great. Well, here's the here, great. Here's the problem with. But here's the problem with De'Aaron. So De'Aaron's averaging like thirty and five, and I know we're going to talk about him a little bit later too, right? But mm-hmm. the reason that they function as well as they do is because they have a baby Joker in Sabonis who's getting the double doubles with the rebounds and almost averaging a triple double with the way that he also passes and sets up the offense. So De'Aaron plays off of him. He has the green light to focus on scoring. It doesn't have to set up the offense. The that's Sixers, since that's who we're drawing it to, well, doesn't no, have you know, that. He also has, but De'Aaron also has what's called a, you know, you hear the clutch team. It's not really a clutch team. He just has a tremendous feel for moments in the game, and which allows him to, what appears to be patience is not patience. He's allowing his other players to get a feel for the game because he knows if it gets close, he can make the plays whenever he wants. He's got that. <laughs> he's got that Dr. J cool about him. Dr. J mm-hmm. wasn't a great jump shooter, but he won three titles in the ABA for a reason, you know. And bringing that all the way back to Tyrese to to Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese needs to develop that, and he's I not going to develop that when Embiid is <laughs> getting rebounds and coming down the court with 15 seconds left in the shot clock. He's not going to develop that with Embiid posting up by the three. And that's why I say you make that trade because you need <clears throat> you need him to build that foundation to be what you think he can be. You like Tyrese Halliburton, and I have no, you know, I think Tyrese Halliburton is a good player. I, I, I maybe undervalue him slightly, but I understand what you like about him. The NBA, though, at this point, is full of playmakers and combo guards. Those are the guys that make, you know, Steph Curry. There was an argument earlier. We discussed about Steph Curry being a point guard. He's never been a point guard. Oh, he's never going to be matched. He's a shooting guard and a point guard body. Yeah, was a combo guard because he can also make plays. And now his rebounding is better than his passing. And for people who don't know that, or people who doubt me, just just look up how many rebounds. Yeah, the numbers are there. Yeah, Steph Curry is probably two rebounds away from Joel Embiid's career rebound average. I'm just I'm just going to put that out there. And and I may be slightly or maybe two point seven, but he's right there. And you look at critical moments in the game. Last, you know, whether it's uh, the team scores four or five straight buckets, you need to stop. Steph Curry's always the one getting a rebound. It's not Draymond. It's not Looney. It's always Steph Curry. Now, when Looney's on his rebounding, pain allows him to be clutch in the fourth quarter. But when Looney's struggling and Looney doesn't have big rebound games, Steph may struggle shooting-wise, but he's going to give you 10 boards. 
the point I'm trying to make of going back is Maxi has the potential to be a combo guard and a playmaker. That's what I want to see from him. I don't want to see him getting a set. Those type of players work better with guys who can score on their own score without the ball. When you talk about guys that need the ball to score, you're in trouble. Because when you have elite scorers, they're going to handle the ball most of the time because they're going to, the defense is going to be shifted to them. That's what I want to see from Maxi. As far as his ceiling and the Sixers ceiling, I don't know. I've, I've said this before. Embiid is an albatross. You're only going to get to the second round. A team implodes, which Boston will do. Then you'll perhaps sneak to a sweep in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. But that's going to be the end of it. The Knicks are sniffing around. Another team yeah. that I'm hearing. Yeah, the Knicks. Are, the, I'm hearing the Knicks are sniffing around. There was I love them. And then, well, there's another team that uh, that escapes me that is sniffing around too. That's looking for a star and has Utah. Utah, I've heard is sniffing around. Utah and, got a mil a million pieces the Sixers could use. They could send over Markinen. They could send over Colin Sexton. They could send. They got pieces for days. Picks to the moon. They they could do a lot and really put a nice package together. But Embiid, I'm pretty sure, has some say over where he ends up, and Utah ain't it. Don't nobody really want to go and play in Utah. Say, he ain't got no say in where he goes. That that that, You know, Harden had say where he went because Harden was going into the final year of his contract. You trade Embiid to Utah, you trade him to, let's say, I, you know, Miami's never going to happen. Phoenix is never going to happen. I don't happen. think Miami. I don't think Phoenix. I don't, And honestly, I don't think the Knicks. And the reason I doubt the Knicks is only because of the fact they don't want to trade them in conference, in division, and have to oh, deal no, with them. Those days are over. Eh? Those days are over. These general managers have, have no clue what they're doing. And they because analytically it works to a divisional team. You, the only guys that trade guys out of conference are former NBA players. You saw Dunleavy trade Poole out of conference because he didn't want him to come back and bite him. If you remember, Maury traded Harden, or not Maury, uh, Presti traded Harden to Maury when Houston and OKC were in the same division. Yeah. They were in the same, the same division, and they so they could get back and forth and watch each other shine. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But I, I think Miami would, Miami would, could happen, or the Knicks could happen. What would happen with the Knicks? I, I hope got, the Knicks happen. They, the package it, it, they it, get it, from the Knicks makes a lot of sense. This conversation was supposed to be completely about Maxi, and yet we wind up again talking about him. I'm going to go back to Maxi. I'm just going to Maxi. A guy he reminds me a lot of. A lot of. He's, he's, he's faster, but he's got that deep range, and he's got the ability to finish under the rim. He misses a, still more laps than I like. But a guy he reminds me a lot of is Chauncey Billups. No. Yeah, the no, deep three. No, the difference no. about Chauncey was Chauncey was when Chauncey got to the Pistons, he was a guy that shot more deep threes, was a better defender, and became a better leader. But when you go back to Chauncey when he was in Minnesota, and when he I was in, I thought you were gonna say like, uh, I thought you were, I thought you might say Mulberry. No, I thought no. you might might, oh, might say no. Marbury, oh, maybe no. Claxton. I mean, a faster Clay. Because here's the thing. Yeah, he's a better, he's a better Claxton? version. He's a better version of Speedy Claxton. Get the hell I out mean, because here's the thing. Speedy Claxton was a speed guy who shot a lot of threes. Speedy like Claxton was a French NBA player who couldn't play with the Sixers' best player in <laughs> Allen Iverson. <laughs> he was, a, he, was, he was probably the worst. And I and Billy King's my guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. He was the wor- one of the worst draft picks ever. 
Over Mo Pete, he was one of the worst draft picks ever. You never draft a guy in the first round who can't play with your best player. And Billy King is my guy. He is my guy. <laughs> However, that was an awful speedy. Get that. Man, that's grounds for immediate termination. Like Rudy Croxon, Marbury. <laughs> no, he's his he's game, not his game does Marbury. mirror Marbury. It, it does. The ability to get Marbury to the- did, Marbury couldn't move like like Tyrese. Like he doesn't get he up. Marbury was Billups. No, but he Chauncey, I'm telling you, if you look up Chauncey when he was in Colorado. When he played yes. in Boston, that's why he yes. struggled with uh, Patino because Patino didn't really. Patino liked to get up and down, but he liked the ball to move. And Chauncey didn't like the ball to move. And then when you go to his days in Minnesota, when he really got better, and then when the Sixers turned him down, it's like a revisionist history, and decided to go with Greg Buckner instead of Chauncey. Although the rumor is Chauncey felt like he wasn't going to start over Eric Snow, which. Billy's my guy. I'm gonna leave it at that. Billy's my guy. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, obviously, revisionist history is a million because if I got a chance, listen, I'd start some of the kids I've, I've seen play at JUCO over Eric Snow because I mean it's Eric Snow, but I understand that they needed a floor general who wasn't going to turn the ball over because all he was really going to do is defend and pass the ball to AI. Chauncey probably wasn't going to be that guy, but he could have developed into a guy that played perfect. off of Allen. Chauncey would have been perfect in that role. That's why I said he could have played. <laughs> Yeah, and AI was never clutch. He was never clutch. Never, 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 never clutch. Great score, never clutch. Great value. I don't know that. I don't know that hit over that step over Tyron Lue is still the most famous basketball Sixers yeah. moment of the last twenty years. Yeah, and he played sixteen years in the NBA, and he got about four tremendous late game highlights. He played about sixteen years in the NBA. He's got the step over over uh, Teron Lou, his first game winner from Kyle Korver, where he got the steal against Washington with Gilbert Arenas. Mm-hmm. And one more I'm forgetting. Those are the Allen Iverson late game highlights. Yeah, I, oh. I'm an Allen Iverson dude. Look it up. Look it up. Those are the Allen Iverson. Look, there's a reason why AI only played in one finals and one Eastern Conference finals. There's a reason why he only had one fifty win season. There's a reason why he never was a, had because he was a ball hog and didn't pass it. He didn't play. He didn't play well with the others. Ball hog. He never adjusted his style of play. But that's neither here nor there. His career assist average is three point six. When you talk about that and him learning how to play, he almost is. He, I, he, his. I want to say his career scoring, and, and I don't have it in front of him. Is about 15, 16 a game. Right now, he's at twenty-seven for the season. So he's not doubling his career scoring average, but he's doubling his assists and he's doubling his career scoring average. I'd like to see that scoring average go up more to thirty. Nick Nurse will do that. I know a lot about Nick Nurse. I know a lot about where he's come from. He will take hold the ball out in B's hands. He will take the hold ball. Hold on, flag, flag on the play. Who, who has Nick Nurse ever coached that average thirty points per game? Take your time. Well, you say you're going to get up to 30 okay, based on what? Okay, that's that's fine. But who has he coached that he turned into a perennial score? Uh, uh, I won't say perennial score, but one of the top scoring threats in the game. He just got a monster deal. Okay, well, let's ignore him. Who did he coach and make an elite clutch player? He's sitting in Miami right now, and he's from Philly. Oh, who did he make an all-star? A guy, in my opinion, is is a fringe at best NBA starter, is an all star and a coveted traded player. And Pascal Siakam, Yuck. I mean, Kawhi Leonard made it to the NBA Finals and became one of the best mid range shooters. When you watch Kawhi in San Antonio, he was a one dribble to the rim finish defensive guy. 
he got to Toronto, he developed a 70% mid-range jump shot, mid-range game. To this day, it's still elite. Kawhi is averaging 30 points and can barely jump over thoughts right now, yet alone people. Ka- Kawhi was always... He was always an automatic mid mid range shooter. He's been an automatic mid range shooter since his third year in the league because I was the I was the biggest proponent of Kawhi competing with LeBron as the best two way player in basketball for about two years after they won that finals and he got the MVP. I argued that Kawhi Leonard was starting to get to the LeBron level with his skill set, and I said consistency would be the difference. Then he started to get hurt. Blah blah blah. Went to Toronto and won. That's great. Then went and got hurt again and went back to being the Kawhi that we all know who had the funny laugh. Point is, Kawhi's always been automatic <laughs> mid-range. But what I will say is that Nick Nurse does develop good players. He takes players that people don't know and finds diamonds in the rough, and he shines them up and makes them play really well. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that he made Fred Van Vliet a good player. I'm going to give you that he made Pascal Siakam, who most people didn't believe in, a good player. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you the fact that guys like Scotty Barnes and O.J. Ananubi have careers in the NBA because they played with Nick Nurse. I'm going to give you all of that. But what I'm asking is, what of any of those guys has he ever had that he turned into a 30-point-per-game score? None. I don't care how you cut it or slice it. Can he make Tyrese Maxey 30 points per game by taking the ball from the highest-paid and best player on the Sixers roster? No, because he's not going to do that because he'll lose his job. What I will no, no, say no, 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 no. is he can he maximize? Job. Hold on. Hold on. Stop right there. I got to stop you right there. We also got like two minutes left, so I'm going to give you the final word. Real quick sure. on Kawhi Leonard. Real, real quick because I will get messages about this. Kawhi Leonard shot like 26% from mid-range in college. When he got to San Antonio, yeah. he, he averaged his best year, I want to say, in San Antonio, San Antonio was probably his last three where he averaged about 21, roughly. Yep, about that. And he mm-hmm. went down to 16. When he went to Toronto, he had that one year in Toronto, he averaged 27 points a game. Yeah. His shooting percentage went up from 53 to 2 to 54, but he took five more shots. Mm-hmm. So, Nick Nurse is a guy who can do wonders with an offensive team, with an offensive-minded player. Yeah, and the Sixers don't have the pieces. No, well, the Sixers don't need the pieces right now because they're trying to develop a piece. And I'm going to give you a final word on this, and I'm going to throw this out to you, and then, and then we, we're gonna, I'm going to give you the final word. You say he can't average 30 points. You say he loses job. If the Sixers are an exciting team, if Tyrese is one of the – if Tyrese is what what I, myself, and what many other, but I'm going to stay with me, thought Jordan Poole would be as far as scoring-wise in the NBA. Great segue. Where do you see this Sixer team going? So here's the thing, and I'll keep it real short. I think that Tyrese Maxey has the potential to be right around where he is. He surprised a lot of people. But for him to be a 30-point-per-game player, you're putting him on the same level of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and I don't think he's there. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's there because SGA's averaging 30 per. I don't have him at that level. I have him a fringe level below. So in that 25 to 27 range, that's good for him. That's great for him. And if the Sixers hit that on a guy they got in the bottom of the first round, great for them. Fantastic. They did wonders in the draft, okay, considering all the misses that they've had. But for the Sixers to win – the only way that he would ever get to 30 is if they traded their best player because there's no way Embiid would be okay with becoming the second-tier option on that roster and becoming an afterthought on a team that's been his for the last seven years. I don't see it happening. I don't see any circumstance in which it happens and he stays there and Nick Nurse both stay there because that would be a Nick Nurse thing. One would have to go. And if the Sixers aren't trading him, then Nurse would be the guy out. 
Okay. I was going to end the segment there, but you, you pulled, you sucked me back in. Pause. But you pulled me back in. I, 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 no, 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 no. We're we going to go head up on this one. Number one, Shea Gill Alexander's been in the league at least six years. At least uh-huh. six years. And last year was a year he averaged 30. And Oklahoma City was okay as a team. But he, tra- he turned the corner. And last year was the first year he averaged 30. I want to say he's never averaged less than 10 points, much like Tyrese. Shea Gill Alexander. Is a, is a wonderful comp. You know why? Because that was a guy I was on my list for them to trade Ben Simmons to, to trade Ben Simmons for. So I like Shea Gill Alexander. But if I'm just looking at a basket as as a basketball mind, if I'm evaluating two, Tyrese, I believe has a higher upside because he can shoot the three. Shea Gill is a guy that can get to the rim. He's a guy that gets good free throws. Tremendously finishes through contact despite his slight frame. He's an elite competitor. Elite competitor. But he has one thing Tyrese, uh, Tyrese Maxey does not have. He cannot shoot the three like Tyrese. And it's not a head-on three. It's not a wing three. Tyrese can shoot the three from anywhere in the court. And he's gotten better every year at that. Now, you said Embiid won't let that happen. I'm going to give you one reason why Embiid will let that happen. Because he's not built like that. And I'm going to take you back to game seven against the Boston Celtics. The Sixers needed a bucket. James Harden threw the ball into Joel Embiid, who was fighting with Al Horford in the second quarter for position. Horford was fighting like his life was on the line, like his meal would not – like he, his family was not going to eat if he didn't like He was doing in practice when he played here. <laughs> and Embiid threw the ball back out to James Harden, backed up to the three-point line, and waved James Harden in. I paused the game, called my father, and proceeded to have a profanity-laced complaint about this guy being the leader of the team and I watched Doc Rivers throw his hands on his head and sit down. That is why Tyrese can get this done. That is why Nick Nurse can do it. One thing you, can, you can't do is fool guys. How can I say this? The, the most clean. You can't fool guys that come through the grind. You can't fool a guy that, that has seen everything. Nurse started out in the G League. Way back in Rio Grande, Texas. When they... NBA D-League championship. He's been through the mud. He is not going to allow Joel Embiid to sink his team. They have changed the way they play defense because Embiid refuses to step up on pick and rolls. So they've just created a defense that essentially allows him to be the Wilt Chamberlain of the 2000s or 20... Uh, what, okay, yeah, float around the basket and play <laughs> like an inverted box one. And he just touches the guys that come through the paint so he doesn't get caught for these seconds. So those two things to me with, uh, are 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 your two the two comments about him being Shaquille? He has a dynamic to his game that will make it easier because he can shoot the three and he runs the pick and roll better than Shaquille. Now Shaquille doesn't have a big man, but then again, he doesn't run off screens well either because that's not his game. Tyrese can do both. He can score with the ball, he can run off screens, and he's got the three. That will make him better than Shay. Final thing is, Embiid would love to allow somebody else to get those clutch points because you know what it does? It takes the pressure off of him. And as an international player, much like Dirk Nowitzki, it's kind of missed Luka. It missed Tim Duncan. But much like your, 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 your international players, Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, and I know I'm forgetting one, Akeem Olajuwon early on in his career, those clutch moments, that, that, those, those pressure-filled moments affect those guys differently. So I, those wouldn't be deterrents for why Tyrese. The only thing that would stop Tyrese from getting it done is picking up bad habits, in my opinion. Missing a game because you're sick. Bro, come out and go five for 24. But you need to come out for your team. I'm going to stay. I was going to give you the final word, but I'm going to stay. 
I don't care. If you can walk, you can play. If you can catch a screwdriver, you can dodge a screwdriver, you can dodge a ball. If you can walk, <laughs> you can play. Come out, five for 24, give your team 15, 15 minutes, but give them everything you've got to show them every game matters. I agree with that. Now you that we agree. allow and be to – when guys get hurt, it's contagious. It always happens. Injuries are contagious. Soft tissue injuries are contagious. Illnesses are contagious. They say it spreads through the team. It doesn't spread through the team. One guy sees it. Another guy get off. We're in practice. I'm going to do it too. Let me end the segment on that. We'll take a quick break. That's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk. Requirement well, Fisher Jones forever, Terry Jr. You got me riled up. We still got three more seconds to go. <laughs> we'll be right back with you. We appreciate your time here. <laughs> 